If you have a copy of God's Word, I will be in Luke 2 this morning just for a few moments. There are lots of characters that seem to come to mind when we think of Christmas. There are certainly the silly ones. So Buddy the Elf makes his routine appearance multiple times this season at our house. And then there's the Grinch. There's also the Ebenezer Scrooge and George Bailey. So all these come out on a pretty regular dose at Christmas. They're the familiar characters. Of course, we know the, they're just fictional. We know the true characters of Christmas, whether it's Mary and Joseph, the angels, the wise men, the shepherds, of course, the baby Jesus. There's so many other characters attached to this story, and one of those I want to look at this morning. It's not quite as familiar. I was grateful even last Christmas for uh, Pastor Evan bringing our attention to this particular person named Simeon. You see up there Simeon's song. If you haven't been with us all Christmas season, we've been looking at Luke 1 and 2. And there are several songs recorded. We know they're songs because the, the meter and the kind of the cadence changes. And so we have Zechariah singing a song of praise to the Lord. And we have Mary singing a song of praise to the Lord. And even the angels Glory to the Lord in the highest and on earth peace. That's a a song. It's a song of praise. And there's one more before we're done with Christmas. There is a song that Simeon sings after having waited for the Lord. If you're unfamiliar with this character, I'm glad to introduce them to you this morning. If you're very familiar with them, I'm glad to just bring them to our memory because there's so much we can learn from this man named Simeon. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 2, I want to begin reading in verse 25. Luke chapter 2 and verse 25. Hear the word of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came, into the, he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now... Now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. His father, his mother marveled at what was said about it. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also. So the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So we take a few moments to look at Simeon. I do want you to see, I do want you to see the number of times the Holy Spirit is mentioned Maybe you saw that as we were reading that. Verse 25 says, The Holy Spirit was upon him. 
Verse 26, something had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Verse 27, he came in the Spirit and to the temple. Luke loves to talk about the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, Luke wrote two volumes right in our Bible, the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. It seems like no one talks more about the Holy Spirit than Luke. And this man, Simeon, was a man filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had so filled him that he was saturated. He was saturated with the Word of God. His hope, his hope was based not on his imagination, not on his dreams of a better life sometime. His hope was fueled by God's Word. And and God's Word is the Spirit of God breathing out what the mind of God is. God's Holy Word. Simeon was saturated with it. Likely he had read this again and again and again and again. He was waiting on the hope to come to Israel. He was waiting. How did he know to wait? Because he had read. And he had read the Spirit-inspired words. He was saturated with the Word of God. He was so sensitive to God's Spirit that he knew what God was doing. He knew what God was up to. He understands exactly what God is doing in his life and with the times He is uh, walking in the Spirit, and so he's submitting to the will of God. And when the Spirit moves him to go to the temple, he goes. As the Spirit moves, he obeys. And, And isn't it just like the Holy Spirit to draw the attention from Simeon, to draw it to Jesus Christ? This is what the Holy Spirit does. He always draws our attention to Jesus Christ. And literally, Simeon is taken to the temple by the movement of the Holy Spirit, and, and he gets to see Jesus Christ. It just makes me desire to be much like Simeon, a man of the Holy Spirit, to be a person of the Holy Spirit, saturated with the Word of God, so I know that God breathed words, that they would fill my life so that I, I would make decisions in the will of God because I'm, I'm walking in the Holy Spirit. I'm sensitive to God's work in my life. It's my desire that the the Holy Spirit so fill me that the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control, that those things come out of me. I hope that's your desire as well, that the Spirit is working so that when God works through, and I, I love what happens in the church body because God gives each part of the church body and it gives us, he gives gifts to the church body and they're meant to be used and they're meant to be used for service of each to each other and to give glory to God. May we be like Simeon, submissive, that when God says, this is what I want you to do, we say, yes, Lord, we'll do it. As Simeon is moving and operating in the Holy Spirit, there's another aspect of this story that is just very, very clear. And that is Simeon knew something of salvation. Did you hear him speak of it? Look at at verse 30. He says, my eyes have seen salvation. So this is what he knew. Salvation was wrapped up in a person, not in a system. It's not a, a, a list of do's and don'ts that you can somehow climb the ladder to get your way to God. He says, my eyes have seen salvation. He's seen a person. But what he knows about that salvation in verse 31 is, you've prepared this. This wasn't an accident. God had prepared salvation to come. He had planned in it at the fullness of time, Galatians 4 says, at the fullness of time, at just the right time, salvation comes and Simeon knows I've seen it. He's brought it to earth. 
this salvation is in the presence of all peoples. In verse 32, it's a light for revelation to the Gentiles. And it's for glory to your people, Israel. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. And as I read that again this week, I was struck that if God doesn't reveal himself to us, we don't know who he is. We don't know what he's like. We can't figure it out. It takes God shining that light. You wonder why so many Christmas carols are about the light and even what Kelly just so beautifully sung. It's, it's the light of the world because if, if God doesn't shine his light, if he doesn't reveal himself, we all remain in the dark. But God decided to show himself. What a fitting name in John 1 that he is the light of the world. So we don't have to walk in darkness. And that light comes into the world and the darkness can't overcome it. And it dispels the darkness. This is what salvation is. It's God revealing himself. It's not us figuring out more about God. It's God showing himself who he is like, that he's righteous and he's holy and he's merciful and gracious. He's a God of steadfast love. This is who he is. Simeon had such clarity on the salvation, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, but it's not going to exclude Israel. As a matter of fact, verse 32, it's glory to God's people, Israel. God had made those covenants, and we've talked about those the last few weeks, a covenant to Abraham, to God's people, Israel, and a covenant to David, to God's people, Israel. And now those covenants made to Abraham and David are being wrapped up in a new covenant of Jesus Christ. And the good news that is preached will always go to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. God's people, the Jews' center of God's plan. And then in, Luke, in the second volume of Luke and Acts, the good news goes out, doesn't it? To all the nations. Simeon knows salvation. He's clear on that. But there is something After the song, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace, after he sings of God's glory to the the people Israel, he looks at Mary and Joseph, and specifically, Scripture says he directs his words to Mary. And he says to Mary something that doesn't seem to find itself in Luke chapter 1 or 2. It seems like Luke 1 and 2, build, build, and it's good news of great joy to all the people, and it's more good news, and it's more joy to all the people, and it builds and builds, but... Simeon looks at Mary and says in verse 34, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall of many in Israel. And this child is appointed for the rising of many, for many in Israel. It, it, it makes us recognize something. While God comes with universal good news for those who would believe, there are those who will not believe, and it will not be good news that Christ has come. This is the message that Simeon knew that there would be those, like John 1 says, he comes to his own and his own people don't receive him. He comes to the world and we're too busy. We like our own way. We say no thanks and God works and stirs and draws our attention. He shows us creation and he, he shows us, even speaks to us in our conscience and we shut down our conscience and, and we, we give some other explanation for creation and we say, God, I, I don't answer to you. In those moments, this is the fall of many in Israel, many will say, he's not my Messiah. He hasn't come for, many, for me. Jesus is coming to this world. But make no mistake, this is a world filled with darkness. It's a world filled with sin. It's a world filled with brokenness. This is kind of the first note in Luke 1 and 2 of pain, that this, this child 
as beautiful as the nativity scenes are, as beautiful as the carols are, this child will not just know perfect joy, he will also know real pain. It says in, in verse 34, he will be a sign that is opposed and a sword, Mary, a sword will pierce through your own soul. The plan of salvation means Jesus will be opposed and those who will follow Jesus will also be opposed. If we as Christians think we're going to be universally liked and appreciated because we bow the knee to our Messiah, Jesus Christ, the scripture says that's not the way it's going to be. There's a cost. Even Jesus wouldn't, wouldn't Jesus wasn't selling anything that wasn't true. He said, you take up your cross if you want to follow me. Simeon sees that. He sees what what is coming and he knows that there is peace on the other side. He knows there is reconciliation on the other side of what Jesus has come to do. But but I imagine even in those moments, he got a glimpse that this this is not going to go easy, that Jesus is born, but he's born to die. And in his death, in his death, that is where life will life will spring from. Simeon knows even with that, even with knowing, Mary, your heart will be broken, it'll be pierced. And this child seems so fragile and weak at this time, but but people will rise up and oppose him. Even Simeon can look at that and say, but Lord, it's enough. I mean, we know what he's saying, right? It's not just like I can, I can go home now. It's like real home. I can meet you. I, I, I'm good now. I've seen the hope. The hope of the world. I've seen what I've been waiting for. I've seen what I've been praying about. I've seen what I've been, been studying your, your word for. I've seen it. I've seen it. I, I, can, I can go home now. I can depart in peace. Do we have an appreciation of the gospel? Like Simeon did. All these years later, redemption spans even to us. The stories that we read last night and this morning, the fact that God became man, the fact that he lived the life we should have lived, died for our sins in our place, the fact that he offers forgiveness and salvation, reconciliation with God, peace to those who turn from their sin and even their efforts of doing good, those who trust totally in who Jesus is and what he has done for us, yes, through his birth, his life, his resurrection, and his death. Something that we recognize is this. All Christmas seasons will have an end. We'll take down the decorations. Stuff will be put on clearance pretty shortly. We'll put away some Christmas lights and the marketers will roll out their New Year's sales. And Valentine's will give us more reasons to spend our money, right? And the season will change but something will not change. And it's exactly what Simeon had a grasp of. There's something that endures. There's something that endures. And this morning we can leave with that on our mind and that on our lips and that on our heart that he has come for us. And even as he's come once, we will say, even so come again, Lord Jesus. I just ask us, uh, let's bow our head and close our eyes. We're going to sing in just a moment a beautiful prayer that says, Come, thou long-expected Jesus. Let's thank him for his first coming.
you are a gracious Father, Lord, and you delight in good, giving good gifts to your children. And you delight in receiving full-hearted worship. I pray that you would make us mindful of the reality of your grace and your mercy here as we think about your birth. And I pray that you would be the treasure of our lives, not just a few days in December, but you would be the treasure of our lives throughout the remainder of this year, throughout 2017, that we would not be so tempted by other things that don't last for eternity. We're thankful for the clarity that we have on sal- uh, of salvation because of the song of Simeon. And, and we recognize the peace that came through great pain And because of your death, because of your resurrection, we live. And we live not in darkness, but in light, because we have hope. So Lord, hear our prayers. We know that you've come once, and we pray, even so come. And may we be ready, and when we have that hope, we purify ourselves. Pray that we be ready for your second coming. Lord, make us uh, a holy people. Thank you for this day where we could celebrate your birth. We ask it in Christ's name.